0: We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Donor retention is probably one of the top three issues that should be on the mind of every nonprofit leader. If a nonprofit can't keep donors giving and supporting their organization, that nonprofit won't be around very long. But what are the key aspects to successful donor retention? That's what I want to look at today. You know, what is the role of transparency? Uh, What kind of donor communication is the most important when it comes to donor retention? Well, this and more is the focus of my recent conversation with Kara Augsperger, fundraising coach at DonorBox. Kara will share from her own experience how you and I can improve our efforts towards improving our donor retention. Enjoy today's show. This podcast is sponsored by DonorBox. helping you help others with the best donation forms in the business. Well, Kara, thanks so much for being on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for hosting me. I am really, truly a fan. You empower so many nonprofits, and I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. No, thank you, Kara. I'm really excited to talk about this A particular topic, donor retention. I mean, that is on the mind of every nonprofit leader, development leader, executive director, anybody in a nonprofit, you have to have donor retention. So this is an important, important topic. Now, there's a lot of elements that go into donor retention, right? So before we go into some specifics, let's get an overview in your mind from where you work at DonorBox there. Give us the state of philanthropy from your perspective and research. Where are we currently when it comes to the state of giving today?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. And, you know, there's a few things that I'm seeing that we'll really want to keep an eye on, especially at the end of the year and moving into two thousand and twenty four. So first, if you look at the data, the big the big thing, donors are down. Um, but the thing is, this isn't new at all. It's been a trend for ten years or so. But what stands out to me is that the number of donors supporting organizations just really keeps declining, and that's what's alarming, right? So, the number of donors for your organization declines over time. There just not might be any left. And so that means you need to work harder to bring in new donors year after year. And that's expensive. And then the next thing I'm seeing is that donors are getting selective. They're supporting fewer organizations. There was some research done by the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And they said that donors, you know, a few years ago were supporting three to five organizations. And now it's looking more like two or three organizations. So yeah, so the donors are being really, really selective. And then the other thing I'm hearing is that, you know it's not just in the nonprofit sector, but people are distracted. Um, maybe it looks like we have shorter attention spans, but I think it's maybe that information is really coming at us faster than ever. It's really hard for nonprofits to communicate that message out. so, you know, to communicate well and so that it results in action. And donors are distracted, so it's more important than ever to stand out with those supporters. And I know those things sound really discouraging but you know I I remember and I'm sure you remember too feeling anxious kind of fundraising through the great recession through the onset of the pandemic and what we saw is that some organizations floundered but others came through those rough patches just fine and I think that's going to be the case now too there are you know I think organizations that are doing some things well focusing on good fundraising practices good communication practices are really going to mitigate all those risks I talk about and and make their donors feel special, right?
0: Right. Exactly. No, I'm so glad you started out that way. That way. I had recently Brian Crimmins, you may be familiar with him. And he has a book out. It's called The Generosity Crisis. And he basically kind of points out some of the bad news that you just mentioned. Now he has a an angle that there's some good news in that data that they find too. And I encourage my listeners to check out to that episode if you haven't listened to it yet. But it, bottom line is, yes, all the trend lines are not looking good overall. So as we talk about donor retention, that becomes even more of an important topic. So let's talk about this. Some of the key aspects of donor retention. Number one, of course, I particularly if I've Found with next generation donors, demonstrating your impact as an organization is absolutely critical for a donor to want to continue to give to your organization. In your opinion, Kara, why is this so important when it comes to donor retention for demonstrating your impact to your donors?
1: Yeah, well, you know, donors really bristle when you only come to them when you want money. And so that's when you really need to have that really great communication schedule. Scheduled at a good frequency, you're appealing to their supporters and their needs, and so, and like you said, those impact reports are so key to donor retention. Adrian Sargent, I love his research, but he, you know, he says that you know donors stop giving because they don't feel that their gift or their money is not going to be used wisely, and these organizations aren't telling them otherwise, right? So you really have to account for that hard earned money your supporters give to you. And, you know, that's stewardship. Acknowledging, yes, but also accounting, and those make up stewardship. And good stewardship is really, really key to donor retention, like you said.
0: Love it. No, well said. Okay, well, another key aspect is the personal aspect, right, of communication, specifically of how we thank our donors. That's another just absolutely critical thing that organizations need to get right, specifically going back to your point, Cara, that if people are being more picky and more selective in who they give to, boy, the way you thank donors absolutely becomes you know, priority number one. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can thank donors and interact with them, communicate to them. You can write notes. You know, the handwritten notes is still, I recommend that, right? Posting thank yous to specific donors, or foundations on social media, particularly if it's a large gift. Calling donors personally, always a nice touch, Right. What else is important in the process of thanking donors, which strengthens then donor retention?
1: Oh, yeah, you you nailed it. So that personal acknowledgement, but prompt acknowledgments and really just sincere gratitude go a long way. Yeah. And the quality of that communication plus the frequency can really boost that donor engagement. And if you're only communicating once a year when you need money, you're expressing to your supporters that that relationship is very one-sided. So if you're doing a good job creating ongoing communication, you know, a continuous conversation over the course of a year, you can really delight your supporters, convey that you're pursuing a relationship with them and just keep them engaged with your good work. And saying thank you is fundamental to that, but again, following it up with, you know, stories of impact and showing them how you have used their their money to make the mission move to really do things in this world. I mean that's that's fundamental, but it but it's overlooked. You know, you and I might think it's fundamental, but I don't know that many organizations are doing that really, really well. It needs to be part of the organizational DNA for sure.
0: love that. no good. Thank you for mentioning that. And another piece I found is more underrated, actually, when it comes to the aspects of donor retention is the impact of authenticity. In fact, I was talking to a friend who's into YouTube. He actually has a, a huge following on YouTube. And he was talking about how the the trend on YouTube this last year has been authenticity with people's videos, for example. And I thought it was very fascinating. I thought that's perfect for, you know, as we talk about donor retention and organizations communicating to donors, authenticity goes a long way. You know, donors respond positively to authenticity. You know, building trust with your donors is essential. And a part of that building trust is really being honest and and direct and authentic again. So there's different aspects to this. So let's talk about both the personal authenticity on the one hand, when you communicate to donors, but there's also you know, what a lot of people call this brand authenticity, that what you say you're about as an organization really matches what you do with your programs and services. So maybe you could talk about both of those aspects of authenticity and, again, why it's so important for donor retention.
1: Yeah. Actually, is isn't authenticity. I think it's Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2024. But no, it, you're spot on. And I think in this world of AI and just tech everywhere... I think we crave that human connection. So donors are looking for an organization that is going to be authentic with them, that's going to give them an opportunity to help change the world and to make an impact and one that they can trust. You you nailed that, right? So trust. And when they find that gem, when they find that organization that they can trust, they're going to tell your story with others and really become a powerful advocate for your mission, they are going to be more engaged in their own giving and more satisfied with their own giving experience. And earning that trust, it doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen over time if you're committed to it. I like to you know, think of my own personal inner circle. So mine is made up of the people I trust the most. It's made of people who pursue me, who check in with me, people who give me grace when I need it, when I've said, you know, I messed up, I'm sorry. And so that trust and confidence so is so instrumental in our closest relationships. But our organizations are no different. You know, successful nonprofits really invest in that supporter trust as like an organizational asset. They invest in it and it grows, just like you know, just like they would invest their their financial assets, that trust is so fundamental. And so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, you know, there's that, I think just convey it, you know, think of the, Organizational relationship with their supporters, just like your personal inner circle. So, you know, authenticity is based on genuine connections between people, human to human. And when organizations kind of can express and know in their heart, you know, their values, their mission, their impact without overly pretense, you know, without this overlay of pretense, that donors are going to feel that. They're going to feel that authenticity and that deeper connection, and they're more likely to stay engaged. And then transparency we that was probably word of the year at some point but you know it, it does, right it does involve transparency so nonprofits that share their successes but also their challenges plus maybe their financial information that builds trust with donors and you know i think it provides some confidence there and storytelling you know that is also you know so powerful sharing those real stories of the people or the communities or the animals impacted by donations, it really humanizes your organization. And that provides authenticity when you are using the words of the people that you know have benefited from the programs or people who have seen change happen because of the programs. And that can really resonate with donors. And then consistency. So not just coming to somebody when you need something once a year, but it's that, that consistency and messaging and actions and and just kind of you know, when when your actions meet your words, that really builds credibility.
0: Love that. No, all that is very good. And I think you're right on and and you're building trust. We're going to talk actually about transparency in just a bit. And like, how much is too much maybe, but I think that overall, the idea of transparency is absolutely critical. One more thing I want to talk about and to get your take on is feedback. you know, asking our donors for feedback. I know the organization that I lead, we're constantly doing that both for the clients we serve, as well as the donors that we get support from. Always asking for feedback, help us to get better, you know, but tell us what do you recommend my listeners who are leaders and nonprofits when it comes to asking for feedback from donors, how does that work best? What have you seen works really well when it comes to that process of getting honest feedback from your donors?
1: Ooh, I'd love to learn more from you about what you're asking and what you're seeing. So, but you know, I mean, feedback is is really a great way to help them feel valued, To feel to say, I see you. I want to listen to what it is you have to say. So, you know, like you said, surveys or feedback forms of some sort, asking questions about their motivation. Why do you support the cause? Are you under, are you satisfied? Do you want to hear from us more? Do you want to hear from us less, especially after events or programs, you know, asking, you know, what did you see or hear? What feedback do you have? And then actually use that to improve it and continue to, you know, iterate on your programs. And I think too like that individual outreach. So yeah, a form or a survey, an online survey is helpful, but you know, we're continually looking looking for touch points with donors. So, you know, use it as an opportunity to connect personally in front of someone, express gratitude, inquire about their experiences, their thoughts, and then obviously use those conversations not just to collect feedback, but deepen the relationship. So ask open-ended questions, show interest, and then actually apply what it is that they're saying to you. You know, yeah, you can't just leave it at, at you know, you, you need to apply the feedback or just get back to them on, you know, we looked into this and it's not going to happen because or whatever, but using it as a conversation piece for sure.
0: We'll be right back. Are you looking for an easy and effective way to boost your nonprofit's donations? Look no further than DonorBox, the online fundraising platform that streamlines your fundraising efforts, maximizes donations, and simplifies giving for your supporters. With DonorBox, you can create beautiful donation forms, accept digital wallet payments, track donations, and send auto receipts. And the best part? There are no setup or monthly fees and no long-term contracts required. So what are you waiting for? Visit DonorBox.org today to get started. That is DonorBox.org. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. I wanted to let you know that I've recently become a professionally certified coach. With my nearly 30 years of nonprofit experience, I know firsthand how hard leaders work. I also know how important it is to have someone you can call on to get help with the barriers and leadership challenges you will face both professionally and personally. I really want people to thrive and become all they were meant to become by providing coaching and consulting services. If coaching is something you've always been interested in, but weren't quite sure what it was all about, I encourage you to reach out. You can go to my website, robharder.com, or just email me at rob at I would be happy to provide a free sample coaching session so you can determine if coaching is for you. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Excellent. Well, let's get back to transparency, because it is so critical for organizations when it comes to building trust, right? Very, very important. Not just for the finances, right? I just feel like everything that uh, organization does, from your experience, is there a limit of like how much is the right amount of transparency, but we don't want to also bog down donors with information that really doesn't help them understand us any better. You know, the day in and day out workings of a nonprofit sometimes maybe, you know, just too mundane. But so I don't know, where's that balance between being transparent and open truly to everything that we an organization does? and maybe then oversharing or just being too transparent and uh, then not really focused on the mission and the key aspects that we should be communicating to donors. So help me out on that one. What's your uh, experience been on that? Yeah. I
1: think that that's a very valid conversation to have, especially if a mistake is made or you have an area for improvement. I think it demonstrates that authenticity. When you're open, that really just kind of shows some humility it shows your humanness, you know, and your commitment to improve and earn your supporters' trust, right? So, but you know it it talks you asked about where that line is between not enough information and too much information. I think you know I think if it is an internal struggle that is preventing the organization from fulfilling its mission or affecting those donor contributed programs, it might be necessary to share some details. So like if if you don't have enough money to run a specific project or something like that, informing donors about that challenge it's probably warranted. But you know, if it's if it's a major challenge that is kind of an internal problem between the staff or something like that, you know, i i don't know that that's information that everyone needs to know unless it really affects donors dollars, right? So or if it's challenging the organization's integrity or the effectiveness or something like that i think that weighs more heavily than like an internal operational challenge but i think too you know it's important to communicate in any time you're talking about a challenge like what is the solution that's being implemented or the steps that are being taken to address those challenges so the positive along with the negative and emphasize you know do donors continued support help you overcome these obstacles because then it's an absolutely, yeah, it's an appropriate conversation. And then, you know, maybe the stakeholders that are involved. So maybe major donors or partners, you might approach personally about something that's going on as a like more nuanced discussion as opposed to a press release or, you know, something in the, in the media. So I guess it just depends on the situation and just using your best judgment. Regardless, you know, tough conversations are, are never, ever easy. But I think with, Key stakeholders, the more transparent you are so that there are no surprises, are going to be more beneficial to the organization. You know, it could be really scary. You may just want to hide your head in the sand. I get it. But hiding can really dissolve all that trust you work so hard to build. So, you know, I I guess I err on probably more communication than less, but it probably just depends on the audience too.
0: No, I like that. I think you said it well. Like whatever is preventing the organization from accomplishing its mission that's probably worthwhile to share. I think that's excellent advice to all my listeners. And when I asked that question, I was thinking about a great example. I had Charity Water. Many people know that Charity Water is a great, great nonprofit. And I had them on the show. This was a while ago, but they shared this story where they, they're all about getting water, clean water to particularly third world countries and the developing world. And they had this live, big celebration for when the water was actually going to come out and they had it all set and, and they're going to have just big celebration. It was all going to be live on video. And the big crane and everything they had out the, that kind of was there set to channel the water that comes up basically tipped over, fell over, and nothing worked. It just was a complete failure. And it was just this funny kind of story because they shared it and they debated, do we you know, just kind of get rid of that video and cut the feed and get out of it? Or do they talk it through? And so they actually used it as a great opportunity to say, you know what, this doesn't always work as perfect as we planned. And so it was a real trust-building transparency opportunity for charity water. And of course, they've never skipped a beat. I mean, that was just one more thing that built more trust because they kept that going and they showed everybody they didn't try to hide it. It happened. And uh, they said, we're going to try to make sure that it doesn't happen in the future. So anyway, just one example. Isn't that a fun example? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Such a good example. So good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Moving on. Inviting donors to be actively involved with one's organization can really be a powerful catalyst, I think, for growing trust demonstrating authenticity because they get to see people in action. You know, we've invited donors all the time to come. We have a food pantry where I lead and then we do work with indigenous tribes and we always invite them to come join us for what we're doing. And I know that has definitely helped people see up close what we're getting to do. How much though should we encourage their donors to get involved? And at what level? I guess that's more the question. What level should we get donors? Should be do pretty much every level? Is there primary programs that a nonprofit should think about inviting donors or should just be a wide open door to say, come on, get involved. We want you to be in, actively involved in this organization. What's, what's your take on that?
1: You know, I think encouraging that donor involvement across really any level can kind of create that sense of ownership and connection to your mission, to your organization. So I think that's where that relationship building comes in. If you're doing a good job bu- building relationships with your donors, you're surveying them, if you're meeting with them, you'll know where their interests and talents lie and then you can match those up with what you've got going on or gaps that you have in your organization if you need an extra, you know, if you need someone to step in in a service area or something like that. But I just really encourage conversations. You know, you wouldn't ask someone to marry you after the first date and I think the con- the same concept applies here. You get to know each other and then you know when it's right. Obviously, it's an, you know, in your example, it's an organization that values community and your donors and your beneficiaries are your community. And so I think getting everybody together, inviting other volunteers into just to say, I value you, I value you. And, you know, we're all, you know, this collective community, I think that could really, really boost and make your organization stand out, especially when they're. Donors, like we said at the very beginning, are supporting fewer organizations. They're going to think of the ones where they've seen face-to-face, eye-to-eye, human-to-human, or animal, or whatever it is. But you will stand out when you bring your donors into those situations when it's appropriate.
0: Well, for my listeners, DonorBox, where Kara works, is a wonderful supporter of this podcast and has been for several months. So I do want to give you an opportunity to just talk about how does DonorBox help Nonprofit organizations with things like this. I know they offer a whole array of different things. So maybe we can start with that. What's yeah, what's DonorBox's primary mission and how do they come alongside nonprofits?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. The one thing I really love is that DonorBox strives to connect with nonprofits on a deeper level, very similar to this conversation we're having here beyond just software to help them raise money. So between account management and making sure you have the right tools at the right place to fundraising coaching and and learning opportunities and engagement opportunities. I think that the people behind DonorBox and especially our amazing support team really help connect with the people running many, many organizations across the globe. And so it's just more than software. It's really, really great software, but more, more, more than just software that really helps any nonprofit organization and their supporters throughout that fundraising journey.
0: Excellent. Well, good. Okay, so for my listeners who want to connect, find out a little bit more about DonorBox and or connect with you, where would you send them?
1: Yeah, donorbox.org. So it's D-O-N-O-R-B-O-X dot O-R-G. Super easy. We have a ton of stuff on YouTube, but visit our website. We have a lot of learning resources, downloadable templates and and guides and things like that. And you can find our podcast, um, our blog, and our webinar. So it's a great place to learn and grow your nonprofit.
0: That's awesome. Well, Kerrigan, thanks for taking time to be on the show and just share us your insights uh, about donor retention. such an important topic. So thanks for being on the show today.
1: My honor. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, friends. Well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better. This podcast is sponsored by DonorBox. DonorBox, helping you help others with the best donation forms in the business.